Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, it's me, your doctor. I've prescribed you one dose of this podcast. Before I continue my first ever journey through the Harry Potter series, just one little thing I want to talk about, and that's Multitude. Multitude, as I'm sure you're aware, is the audio collective that Potterless and I am a part of. There's some other amazing podcasts here, and whether you're trying to listen to new shows or have something to listen to while you're waiting for new Potterless episodes to come out, or if you want advice with making a podcast, Multitude is here for you. Those other podcasts include a show that I work on with Eric Silver. It's a basketball podcast that's about everything except for the actual sport. We just talk about player drama and Twitter beefs and court designs and uniforms. It's the perfect time to start listening because it's the NBA offseason, which is peak drama, which is super fun. You can get all caught up as the new season begins. There's also Spirits, which is a boozy dive into myths and legends. Those hosts take these old stories and find a way to put a modern lens on them to where you can learn stuff from them. And also they do creepy ghost stories too, which is great. And then there's Join the Party, which is like the love child of an actual play RPG podcast and an audio fiction just smushed together, and it's beautiful, and I've been on a few times, and it's super fun. If you want to listen to those podcasts or see the plethora of resources that we have about starting your own show, you can head on over to Multitude.Productions. And speaking of cool things and cool people, we have new patrons to welcome to the team. So shout out to Gareth Tan, Gonzalo Castro, Jordan Treat, Nakia Azara, Laura G, Manuela Tapia Tierman, Casey Tranter, Nemo X, Holly Miller, Emily, Marianne, Matsumoto, and Savannah Tiffany. Shout out to Celeste Smith, Ashton Gabrielson, and Lissy, who upgraded their pledge. Shout out to Kara Hoyer, who upgraded to producer level status, as well as our new producer level patrons. Tiffany Cottrell, Kelly Otilio, Nadia Vangsgard, Andrea, Courtney Telfer, Galactic Sparkle Cat, and Pablo E. Ibarra, they join the ranks of Leanne, Vicky, Aaron, Jesse, Natalie, Clow, Frank, Marchismo, Samantha, Juan, Kieran, Abid, Rosemarie, Jill, Maria, Lisa, Romina, Kamel, Russell, Dustin, Audra, Eleanor, Sydney, Billy, Rossanne, Nikita, Taylor, Ali, Amelia, Sean, Sarah, Ben, Rachel, Zachary, Orchid, Vivian, Takari, Haley, Moster, Pinky, Angelina, Ross, Marie, Alex, Brian, Caitlin, Mosin, Grace, Raul, Ingen, Mari, Brianne, Alex, John, Jen, Noel, Tao, Emily, Robin, Will, Liz, Mariah, Brandon, Sarah, Claire, Teal, Rory, Gloria, Sarah, Patrick, Alicat, Hallie, Veronica, Kevin, Lada, Noah, Tracy, Carlos, Pam, Colleen, Jennifer, Free. Ivor, Naomi, Tyler, Summer, Heather, Vera, Carrie, Andrea, Ella, Anthony, David, Elisa, Lynn, Cameron, Justin, Christine, Jacob, Toothless, Maya, Mark, Polly, Strugin, Brittany, Tumnus, Remney, Matt, Sarah, Nona, Zena, Emily, Colleen, Harlan, Wouter, Sheldarp, Noelia, Addie, Brian, Washin, Jenny, Nikki, Kara, Dorcas, Courtney, Kine, Amanda, Sabrina, Alicia, Kafir, Lindy, Marta, Benjamin, Tajinder, Skymart, Sarah, Peter, Yash, Marta, Stephanie, Justine, Aaron, CJ, Eileen, Kate, Violet, Hannah, Kat, Lindsay, Elizabeth, Fielding, Stephanie, Keegan, Miranda, Gail, Mr. Folk, Heather, Adam, Jesus, Christina, Maya, Zachary, Kieran, Ariel, Heaven, Callahan, Christy, Lily, Wire Warrior, Floor, Siri, Georgia, Ville, Itzel, Mitch, Al, Topher, Peter, Candy, Skyla, Adele, Professor Threat, Kelsey, Ellie, Kel, Savvy Blue, Adele, Jimmy, Lena, Daniel, Rebecca, Lee, Elizabeth, Abby, Lika, Michael, Earmuffs, and Can't I Potter? Who never forget to put suntan lotion all over their back, not just at the top and the bottom portions. If you want to be like one of these amazing patrons and get access to bonus content, exclusive merchandise, exclusive live streams, my notes, you can head on over to Patreon. 
patreon.com slash potterless. But without further ado, let's get into episode 85 of Potterless, covering the second half of chapter 33 of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, guest starring Helen Anderson. another episode of Potterless, the tale of a 27-year-old man reading a bunch of children's novels. My name is Harry, <laughs> my name is Harry Potter. <laughs> my name is Mike Schubert, and I am that grown man reading the Harry Potter series for the very first time, and I am joined again by a lovely British YouTuber who enjoys Snape enough where it's still like a rational amount of like for him, which is good. It's not unhealthy, but we're about to see how that all unfolds. It's Helen Anderson. Helen, how's it going? Oh, very good. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on for this very important integral part of the book. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming. It's a pleasure to have you. And for all the listeners, I'm very sorry that you have been stuck hanging on a cliff, much like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the film Cliffhanger, just chilling, or was that Sylvester Stallone? One of the two <laughs> is hanging on the edge of a cliff. I think it's Stallone. Is just, you've just been hanging on a cliff for a week because as we, lef- as we left off last week, we learned that Harry was a horcrux, <laughs> which is a bit much. <laughs> and bit uh, fucked up. <laughs> I have a lot of questions to ask about this, so I think we should get right into them. Helen, do you agree? <laughs> I agree. Great, let's get right into this stunning revelation. <laughs> so Dumbledore has revealed that Harry is a horcrux, and there is not a realm of possibility that I could have guessed or seen this coming at all. So basically the way that it is described is that after he did the spell mm-hmm. and it bounced back off of Harry and kills Voldemort, because Voldemort had already made horcruxes at this point before mm-hmm. this, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when it killed him, the natural thing for it to do when all of the soul is not just in one person is that it kind of leaves the body and then it tries to find a new Horcrux. So that's where he has to, you know, as a soul specter thing, go to a new Horcrux and come back to life, whatever. Part of his soul just clung to whatever it could and the only living thing in the room was Harry. So a very tiny portion of Voldemort's soul is stuck onto Harry's soul. So that is why Harry can speak in parcel tongue. That is why Harry has the scar connection and can see Voldemort's mind and what he's thinking and what he's seeing. So Voldemort has seven horcruxes, meaning his soul is split into eight now, right? Yeah. Wow. And Voldemort obviously, or at least we don't think, at least Dumbledore doesn't make it clear that Voldemort knows or suspects this. No, (sighs) I feel like it was kind of like one of, well, he didn't know it, but a Voldemort kind of survival thing, you know, because he's so obsessed with living forever and being immortal that that was just like his soul was like, oh, well, I need to stay alive, so I'm just going to hook onto this little baby over here. (laughs) But I also feel a bit bad for Harry in a way because all of his his, his little skills that he has, like his parcel tongue and all that, is kind of, it's not really his, it's fake. (laughs) Yes. The other thing that sucks so much about it, and this is the part where I start to think less of Dumbledore, Mm -hmm. is Dumbledore knew this. Yeah. And he didn't tell Harry. And I'm sure he has his reasons, but Snape calls him out for it. It seems strange that Dumbledore has trusted all of this stuff to Harry for him to, you know, kill all the other Horcruxes and seek out all the other ones. 
but not tell him this? Yeah. That's, ugh. Because my first thought right away, uh, I asked, wait, does this mean that Harry has to die? And once I got back to reading, Snape asks, wait, does this mean Harry has to die? <laughs> and Dumbledore pretty much confirms it, saying that he is going to have to die and that Voldemort must do it himself, mm. for it is essential. From what I feel, like, Dumbledore's reasoning for that is if he would have told Harry, yo, you're a horcrux, you're going to have to die, I feel like it would probably not give Harry much motivation to kind of get the job done. I, I mean, he might just be like, okay, fair enough, get on with it. But if you knew that you had to die, it, I don't think you'd be really like up and raring to go because yeah. you'd be pretty bummed out. Like, what's the point? I'm going to die. There's no point. I need to die. So I think in a messed up way, Dumbledore was like, right, I'll let him do all the work first get all the shit done, then we'll tell him because, you know, someone's got to do it. <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> I, I'm i wondering if Harry, maybe the next chapter is Harry talking to Painting Dumbledore and he can ask him why and we learn the explanation. <laughs> I'm wondering why Dumbledore didn't at least hint to this at something. Mm. I guess it would have just been the nice, courteous, respectful thing to do to to say, look, I think that there are seven total horcruxes, not six, mm -hmm. but there's one that has to be killed last and come talk to me after you've killed the other, like <laughs> just something so he's not completely blindsided because yeah. this is just something in my personal life. I much prefer to learn stuff firsthand. If someone has a problem with me, I would like them to say it to my face. If mm -hmm. I've done something wrong or made someone upset, I want them to tell me. I don't want to learn from a third party through the scuttle. No, no, no. And basically, Harry learns about this essentially by people talking about him behind his back, <laughs> which is <laughs> shitty. It's like when you overhear someone at a party talking about you yeah. and you're like, ah, oh, <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, <laughs> we walk into a conversation and you know they're talking about you. Like, oh, okay, that hurts a Yeah. Bit. Where's the trust? <sighs> no, but I feel, I get you. I feel you on that one. But at the same time, I'm like, if someone knows you need to die. Right. You'd feel a bit, uh, just from personal experience, not personal experience, personally, if it was going <laughs> to happen to me, I would probably go, well, sod it. I'm, I need to die. Just Let's just get it over and done with now. Right. There's no point. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just because I'm an asshole who knows uh, <laughs> but no. I see what you're saying then he could have hinted a bit more I guess yeah it's that finding out third party that's kind of a bit of a dick it's like just tell me to my face mm -hmm. I don't want to find out for someone else yeah, yeah you're, right, you're, right, you're right the biggest strategic point for not telling him is that what Harry probably would have done is went to Voldemort immediately <laughs> when he says, come kill me. If Harry knows, oh, he's going to have to kill me eventually, why doesn't he just kill me now and then I'll save everyone's life? And maybe Dumbledore doesn't trust anyone else to kill Nagini except for Harry. Or once Voldemort kills Harry, then he'll fly away and disappear with Nagini. So mm. I get it. But I don't think that completely rules out Dumbledore saying something to the effect of like, you have to kill all these other Horcruxes and then there's one that has to be last, but I can't tell you what it is now. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. But this was, <laughs> as you put it very well, a bomb drop. <laughs> <laughs> I was floored. I was absolutely yeah. floored. So Dumbledore in the memory says that he has faith that Harry might have even worked this out, which is very wrong and very funny. <laughs> Snape is pretty upset that Dumbledore is basically, quote, raising him as a pig for slaughter, which is true. And 
this is the point where I start to see why people like Snape, because I'm glad that Snape protested to this. Mm -hmm. Dumbledore says, oh, that's very impressive. Does this mean you have feelings for Harry now? Do you actually care for him now? And Snape says, for him. And then he does expecto patronum, and it's the silver doe, which uh, we get it. You like Lily. I'm more upset that Lily's Patronus matches James's. Mm. That's like what I'm most upset about all of this. Mm. And some people have told me, oh, they're soulmates, so their Patronus is matching makes sense. But I don't know. I, I just, I wish Patronuses didn't have any sort of connotation with the person that you end up with. Mm. I just wish that it was just about you and the whole Patronus changing thing and blah, I don't know. Yeah, well, I just wish it was more like an independent thing. Exactly, Worms, if you have like more than one boyfriend, does that mean that you're going to get loads of different Patronuses? Like, oh, it's a tiger today, cool. <laughs> Last year it was an ox. Or how <laughs> awkward would it be if Lily is dating someone else yeah. whose Patronus is a worm <laughs> yeah. and then she's got a doe and I don't, it, I, it seems problematic. And also if you were having an affair, they would know. Right? You'd be like, oh, oh my Patronus has changed. You're sleeping with someone yeah. else. Yeah, it seems like it could become a trust issue. It yeah. seems much like that Black Mirror episode where it's the dating thing and you find out what percent match Ooh. you are with someone. Mm -hmm. And then, or you have the timeline of how long your relationship is going to last. Ooh. I'm afraid that people would start dating. They think they like each other. And they'd be like, what's your Patronus? Mm -hmm. Mine's a fox. What's your Patronus? <laughs> oh, it's a sea urchin. It's like, okay, well, clearly we're not meant to be. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I just uh, I just don't <laughs> like it. Uh, and I get that some of them change after you fall in love with someone like Tonks's did for Lupin. I get it. Mm. I don't know. But yeah, this makes my biggest fear reality. I mean, it's like marrying in though to like, if your last name sucks and then you marry someone with a really cool last name, you're like, oh yeah, that's fine. Like <laughs> apparently according to Potterless, my Patronus is a salmon. I'm I'm not particularly happy about that. So I'm just going to find someone whose Patronus is like a... A bear? Yeah, or a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> well, for one, I like that you said Potterless instead of Pottermore, which is good. Potterless! Oh, the tongue. God, <laughs> no, it's good. I love it. People do that a lot now, and I love it. But two, I defend salmon. I think a salmon is a cool Patronus because salmon swim upstream. Oh, right. So you're going against the grain. Oh. So if anything, it just means you are an individual that does go with the flow of what everyone else says to do or whatever else is popular, you are standing up and you're your own person. So I think Salmon is actually a dope Patronus. You know what? Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I, no I, I am now more accepting of my Patronus. Good. I was having multiple like, I don't know, strops about my uh, Pottermore <laughs> results, but you know, that's fair enough. Yeah, salmons are cool. I think it's a good one. Salmon's dope. And they taste great. Yes. <laughs> so Dumbledore then asks him after all this time, and Snape says always, which uh, I didn't I didn't know that that was the source of this quote. I thought line. that somehow Lily was going to come back, maybe like in a priori and cantatem thing. <laughs> but I guess this is the famous after all this time always, which yep. I don't know. I still don't like the whole always thing because at the end of the day, it just seems like Snape had a crush on Lily and she didn't reciprocate that love towards Snape. And it's the ultimate friend zone yeah. r slash nice guy thing where I was nice to you and I think you're pretty. Thus, I am entitled to a relationship with you. Where it's just, it's totally fine and acceptable. If she just wants to be your friend, you don't 
have to be romantically involved and she can still have love for you as a friend, but mm. you don't have to hold this grudge for the entirety of your adult life <laughs> yeah. because you liked this girl and she didn't like you back. Just, I don't know, do you just, I've had plenty of people that I was interested in that are just like, no, I don't like you. And then it's like, cool, I'm going to be a regular human about it mm. and move on. <laughs> uh. Well, you know, I feel like Snape has, well, Lily was, Snape's first kind of real, she showed kindness to him from a young age. Yes. And I think that he, he'd probably never really experienced anything like it. So being taken back. And I think that when you're so young and those things that happen to you really kind of engrave into who you are as you're growing up. So I mean, he did romantically love Lily, but mm-hmm. it, it probably was more of a friendship love as well as a romantic love, which could probably be more meaningful. So I think that his love for Lily is just, kind of developed from, you know, a kid to now and his love for her is so strong. I don't know. But he's still he's still a bit creepy about it. But mm-hmm. <laughs> And I get it. And I know he wasn't in like she was the only person that was nice to him besides the Death Eaters kind of mm-hmm. thing. And and of course he he had that interest there and it makes sense. I think what complicates all of it is that it wasn't just that she loved someone else. She loved the person that he hated the most. Yeah. So I can get it. But I still feel like if it is not just him being a friend zone type dude where it's just like, oh, I'm mad that she's not with me. If he really did love her, like Dumbledore said in the earlier memory, he wouldn't have held that grudge towards Harry because really what that grudge towards Harry sparks from is him not liking James. Yeah. And to me, it comes across more as he hates James more than he loves Lily Mm. by the way that he treats Harry. And I just think that's so gross. If you really loved Lily, he would want to keep Harry safe and not be a dick to him. Like, I get that he still does keep Harry safe and he does this for Lily. Yeah. But he's still really rude to him and to other children. Like, why is he so mean to Neville? (laughs) What did Neville's parents ever do to Snape? Like, why is he so rude to him? So, uh, it's so close. But I feel like, though, if it was different, like, if Harry wasn't so characteristically like his dad, Mm -hmm. apart from, obviously, his eyes, if he didn't look like his dad and act like his dad, like, maybe if Lily had a daughter that had, like, lovely long red hair and the eyes, Mm -hmm. would it be different because he would be almost constantly reminded of her and feel that connection because there was that similarity? Maybe. And does he just hate on Harry because he's just like, oh, you're just like your dad. (laughs) <laughs> I think that is the problem. And, and I get that that's the argument is that he just sees James in him. But mm. you would just hope that he would be able to mature out of it mm. because James was a bully in high school. Sure. Yeah. We're all garbage people in high school. <laughs> so you would think Snape would give him the benefit of the doubt and take a step back and say, oh, James was kind of rude to me from ages 11 to 17. Yeah. I guess we need to see like how James acted afterwards because maybe James became this nice guy after getting with Lily, but he was still a dick to Snape. Yeah. And maybe that's what happened, but we don't know that. Mm -mm. You would just hope that Snape, a grown man at this point, (laughs) would be able to have the wherewithal to think, ah, yes, this kid's father was rude to me while we were in high school. But maybe he, you know, maybe that was just because he was a dick teenager, as some (laughs) people are. Yeah, I I often bump into people that I went to school with and I think, oh my God, it's blah, 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 blah from school. And, and you say hi, and they're just so 
so pleasant. <laughs> yeah, people do grow up. And I think Snape hasn't really grown up entirely because he's, he's still quite childish with the way he kind of treats people and his meanness. Like he, he's quite immature with how he deals with certain situations. I feel like he's, he's quite cruel, like a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it says after all this time always, and that's the end of that memory. So we get a new one and it's Snape talking to the Dumbledore portrait. And this is where I get really upset because it's like, Harry, come on, it's right in front of you. <laughs> Someone has done it. You need to do this in the next chapter. And it's Dumbledore telling Snape to give Voldemort the correct date for Harry's departure, but to confund Mundungus to give him the idea for the multiple potters thing. Yeah. So that memory ends and we then cut to Snape and Mundungus where Snape is confunding him, giving the idea for the decoys mm-hmm. and that he's going to forget it, blah, blah, blah. I immediately thought of uh, Star Wars when I read that. Oh, yeah. Like, I just thought of, like, Jedi's going, These are not will. the drones you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how's it going? It's Editing Mike. To save myself from angering a whole new slew of fans that I haven't even touched, I know that the line is, these are not the droids you're looking for. I don't know why I said drones here, but you can delete the tweet that you are currently typing. Anyway, back to the podcast. So that memory ends and it's the night of the actual departure and it's Snape in the whole foray of them chasing after them. And when Snape shot that Sectum Sempra that cut off George's ear, he was actually trying to shoot it at a Death Eater's hand, but missed. So we get to see that. And this is like the flip side of him putting in little memories to show James being mean. Now Snape is just pointing in little things to be like, look, I probably, I wasn't, I was, I wasn't trying to cut off George's ear. Look, <laughs> I was aiming for the hand. Yeah. yeah, he's just like trying to put in little brownie points to be like, no, I promise I'm so nice. <laughs> just, just more of those little snippets of painting the picture. <laughs> I'm a nice guy. <laughs> So that memory ends, and then we cut to Snape crying in Sirius's room, reading page two of Lily's note, the one that Harry didn't get to see because, as we learned, Snape took it with him. So to refresh everyone, the end of page one says, Batilda drops in most days. She's a fascinating old thing with the most amazing stories about Dumbledore. I'm not sure he'd be pleased if he knew. I don't know how much to believe, actually, because it seems incredible that Dumbledore dot, dot, dot. And then page two says, could have ever been friends with Gellert Grindelwald. I think her mind's going personally. Lots of love, Lily. Seems like a really strange way to end the letter, Mm. (laughs) but it doesn't reveal a whole hell of a lot except for just stuff that we ended up learning later in book seven. Mm -hmm. But we learn that Snape took this page two so that he could have something that had her signature on it. And then he takes the photo of Lily, James, and Harry and rips apart the (laughs) James and Harry part from it, (laughs) which is very petty of him. To do, yeah. but uh, that's the end of that memory. And the new one is Snape talking with the portrait of Phineas Nigellus. And Nigellus comes into his portrait and reports to Snape about the squad camping in the Forest of Dean. The Dumbledore painting says that's good and says that they, you know, need to go into action. At one point, Nigellus calls Hermione a mudblood and Snape says, don't use that word. So is this the part where we're like, oh, Snape's not racist now? <laughs> We're supposed to believe that, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Has Snape called anyone else a mudblood at any other point in the books? I don't think that he has. Mm, maybe maybe when he becomes a teacher, he has to sign a waiver that says, <laughs> I can't use that language anymore. But I can still make fun of Hermione when her teeth are big in front of everyone. <laughs> yeah. I just can't call her racist slurs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, maybe, maybe, you know what? 
even if we're going to give Snape the benefit of the doubt, maybe ever since that one time he called Lily a mudblood, he never called it again. Mm. Maybe Lily did change him to appreciate muggles, but I don't know. He still was rude to Hermione, who was muggle-born. He was obviously rude to Harry all of the time. Mm. Maybe he was actually sorry yeah. that night when he threatened to camp outside <laughs> the dormitory. I mean, yeah, maybe that was what sparked him to be a little more introspective and realize, oh, you know what? People being muggle-born doesn't make them any worse. Mm. But the only thing that wouldn't make that true is he did join the Death Eaters after that time with Lily. Mm. So oh, yeah. he at least didn't have that realization right away. I feel like Snape's kind of like Death Eater phase was him being rebellious teen. Like it's okay. like him being turning into like an act, like a punk. Yeah. I'm just going to go rebel, man. Mm. <laughs> Fuck society. I'm going to be a Death Eater. Right. And then regretting it later on. It was just a phase, man. It was just mm-hmm. a phase. It could be very much like a Regulus Black thing where he just grew up his whole life looking forward to joining the Death Eaters. And then when he actually got in, realized it wasn't good. I mean, he was apparently very close by Voldemort's side until this time when in the memory he asks Dumbledore, what do you want to save her? So really that is the turning point, I guess, is that when he finds out, oh, Death Eaters now can kill people I care about. Maybe I shouldn't be in them. Mm -hmm. But yeah, maybe he's become a better person and doesn't call people mudbloods anymore, which Mm -hmm. is the bare minimum. (laughs) Like that's who could, oh, well, you know, I don't say the N-word anymore. Well, yeah, it doesn't mean you (laughs) love black people, but okay. (laughs) So the Dumbledore painting then tells Snape to get the sword and make sure that He has a way to give it to the squad without them knowing because if Voldemort does ever read Harry's mind, he doesn't want to see Snape there. It'll give up the whole thing of him being a double agent. And the sword is hiding behind Dumbledore's painting, which doesn't seem like the best hiding spot. Like, it seems very obvious. I don't know if anyone else has access to Dumbledore's room because Snape is the new headmaster when he takes over. I mean, he has got the easiest password in the world, so it's likely that someone could get in there. I guess. Yeah, like, what if the Caros got in? And just, like, the first thing you're going to do if you're looking for stuff in Dumbledore's or the headmaster's old room is look behind the Dumbledore painting, so it seems like a not-so-great hiding spot, but I don't know. Who am I to judge? But that is the end of that memory. That is the end of Harry's trip into the pensive. And that's the end of this episode of Potterless. <gasps> uh, not so fast past Mike and past Helen. Hey, it's me, Editing Mike. You always do this thing, Mike, where you say this is the end of this episode of Potterless and then you talk for like 20 minutes about it. So before we get into that whole ramble, let's take a little bit of a break because it's time for Wingardium at Ridosa. <laughs> Today's episode of Potterless is brought to you by Calm. Let's say hypothetically that you just learned that part of your soul is actually harboring, you know, the soul of the devil, and you've been trying to destroy all of these soul containers of him, and now you're one of them, and you probably have to die, and you're freaking out just a little bit. You need something to calm you down and make sure that you don't have too much stress and anxiety about the situation, and that's where Calm comes in. Calm is the number one app for sleep, meditation, and relaxation. They have countless hours of guided meditations, and they also have sleep stories, which can help you sleep at night and sleep more soundly, which is really important. Getting a good night's sleep is important for health. It's important for being effective at work. It's important for making sure you don't procrastinate things that you need to do. And these sleep stories with Calm can help. Some of them are narrated by Stephen Fry. He did the Harry Potter audiobooks. How amazing! So you can go to sleep to a nice, soothing story with some rain noises in the background. Gosh, I've done this before, and I love it, and I've gotten some really great sleep with it. I 
I can't recommend it enough. And those guided meditations can be tailored towards certain goals you're looking for, whether it's focus or stress relief or anxiety relief. And if all of this sounds interesting, you're in luck because as a Potterless listener, you can get 25% off a Calm premium subscription if you go to calm.com slash Potterless. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash Potterless and you'll get 25% off a Calm premium subscription, which gives you access to all of this audio instantly, which is great. And all you gotta do is go to calm.com slash Potterless and you'll get the 25% off. So sign up, download the app, start listening, and don't worry about the fact that you might have to die in order to save the wizarding world today. And now you'll hear words from a few sponsors who make it feasible for me to be a full-time podcaster. Some of these ads will be read by me, others of them won't. The ones that aren't are inserted locally, so if you live internationally, don't be surprised if you hear an ad in your country's native language. And once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of Potterless. This episode of Potterless is brought to you by Arena Club. Now, if you listen to this podcast, it should be no secret that I am both a sports nerd and more of a traditional nerd. And when you think of these two types of nerddom, there's one thing that links them together, and that is card collecting. Whether you are looking to buy, trade, sell, or display a card collection of sports cards or Pokemon cards, you should check out Arena Club. ArenaClub.com is the place where you can do all of these things. I have recently made a purchase on the marketplace. I got Lieutenant Surge's Raichu, which is my favorite Pokemon, and I didn't even know that there was a Lieutenant Surge version of the Raichu. So that is a card that I now have, and it's not just some digital thing. I can have this card physically mailed to me. So there's a bunch of cool stuff you can do with Arena Club, including their slab packs. If you have ever done any sort of card collecting, you know that ripping packs or repacks can be a zero transparency type of thing where you're just hoping you get some sort of cool card. But what's nice about the slab packs with Arena Club is that you have full transparency. You see what available cards are there, what your percentage of getting them is, what the gradings are, so it is not a complete black box. You're going into this knowing what cards you might get. And I've been using Arena Club, and it's pretty cool. It's very easy for me to look up different cards. I can favorite them, see what I want, and then whenever I want them shipped to me, I can get them shipped to me, and then I'll have the physical versions of them. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to ArenaClub.com slash Wow, that is a wild offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack is slash Bucks right there. Wow. Anyways, that's a slash club.com slash Potterless for 10% off your first purchase. So wild off some cards off of $40 packs in a more transparent way. That's Arena Club. Sports nerd or Pokemon nerd or all sorts of nerds like me, you can use Arena Club today. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. So... Now that we know all about Snape and you say that you are a fan of him, mm-hmm. if you're going to take the pro-Snape stance, mm-hmm. what do you have to say about all of these revelations that we've learned about this complex character? Okay, let me just sort of get my thoughts together about this sure, and, try sure, sure, sure. and eloquently try and talk about it. Okay, so Snape's one of those people that you dislike, but there is a part of you that just feels this empathy towards him because at the end of the day, he's a troubled kid. He had a troubled upbringing. He had some bad thoughts and, you know, he saw joy and 
like a goodness in in Lily and she was his kind of she brought him to the light as it were and I just kind of respect the fact that even I'm gonna quote it I was gonna say even after all this time always (laughs) (laughs) no but like I just feel like even though he's had some kind of like real shit things happen to him he's been kind of like you know, he he wanted to go over to the dark side, be a bad person. He's been mean to people. He said things that he shouldn't really say. That that kind of theme of love, which is very, you know, reoccurring through these books, is that notion of like love will always win. And in this case, it, it has made Snape win and become a better person. And like these little sprinkles of him doing these little acts of kindness, which then, you know, result in him doing this for Harry it's just that thing of like learning who you are and what you're about I think Snape has always been very yeah troubled I just I can't even I can't really put my finger on it it's just you know he's you know he's an asshole and you kind of you really fucking hate him throughout the books and you just he's just so mean at times Mm -hmm. and then it's just knowing that love at the at the end of the day was his kind of way into just being a decent guy so yeah does that make sense yeah like i think my feelings for snape is it's very conflicting because i do i am pro snape but yeah i can see he is also an asshole and he is also you just kind of you're like dude why 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 do you do that why do you say that stuff but you just also can't help but empathize with him at the same time like it feels for him a bit. i think you're the healthy level in the pro snape contingency yeah because you <laughs> like him but you're not blind to his faults no and i am now starting to see it more i still just it's so hard for me to get past the making fun of hermione thing like that's just so unnecessary and Mm -hmm. had no (laughs) no reason to do that at all and it always makes me very uncomfortable that neville's biggest fear neville's bogart was snape and it's like (laughs) what because there's so much shit going on in neville's life that if his worst fear is snape Oh my God, like what has he done? <laughs> so as much as I want to hate him and, and think that he's awful, mm-hmm. you do understand that like his situation was not great. He's got a bad family situation. Yeah. His only friends are Death Eaters. Mm-hmm. What other good person did he have in his life besides Lily and maybe Snape's mom? Like that's it. I'm now seeing that like you can point to things like being out of his hand because the sorting hat system, not great, where he didn't get to, like, meet any other friends. The only people in Slytherin around him were all, like, Death Eater wannabes. That's not a good social circle to run in. No, no. He didn't have a good family life. He just had Lily. And then the only person that kind of made him nice and grounded then starts dating his bully, his arch nemesis. So it just, like, sends him into this blind rage. <laughs> can't help but kind of feel a bit for him because he's not really had the best luck from an from an early age right and you can kind of understand why he's sort of full of resentment and anger and you know especially when you are from such a young age where you learn all your kind of skills and social skills and you know who you are as a person like if you've had so much negativity thrown at you from such a young age you're just it's going to be hard to kind of snap out of that and I think it is quite endearing just seeing like how he sort of tries with Lily, like even the way that you, you know, when he says something to her in the beginning of the chapter and, you know, you can tell that he's internally cringing or, oh, that didn't come out properly. There is a part of him that is trying. Those little details 
are the, the little things that kind of make me sympathize with him because yeah if Snape was my friend he'd be the friend that you love and you want them to be a good person but you kind of have to tap them on the shoulder and be like dude that was uncalled for <laughs> yeah the problem the biggest problem is that he doesn't have that friend no. and the only person who was that was Lily and then James took her away in that there's no way that Snape is going to spend any time near James Potter, mm. but then also she got killed. So he didn't really have anyone that could teach him to be a good person. My biggest thing is just, I would get all of this if Snape wasn't a grown man while he's a teacher. Like mm. these are the kind of things <laughs> that you just expect someone to grow out of. Yeah. And I don't know. I just feel like Dumbledore or someone, somebody's got to like talk some sense into Snape and stuff. Cause for him to hold this grudge, for so long is not, uh, it sucks. Cause he's like, what? He's 30, he's like in his late 30s at this point. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine holding ill will towards people that bullied you in high school. No, yeah. When I'm in 37, like I had plenty of kids that picked on me in high school. And yeah, I think they all suck. They're not <laughs> consumed. No. Sure, I log into Facebook and I saw that they weren't doing well and I am take some pride in it. We all do. <laughs> hey, editing mic here. Listening back on this, this sounded a little bit harsh. Let me clarify. I don't mean to say his life isn't going well as in things are really going bad for him. I mean something like maybe your old bully has grown a goatee and they're convinced it looks really cool, but it does not look cool. I'm talking about that kind of harmless thing. I'm not wishing malicious things to happen to my past bullies. I've got more important things to worry about. Like you just secretly laughed yourself. You're like, hee hee. You're sucking. I mean, there was one dude who <laughs> made fun of me a lot in high school and he used to pick on my friends too and I didn't like him at all. And I saw him randomly at a bar and he mentioned that he was like working for a vending machine company and I was like, cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've done all right. <laughs> hey, editing Mike here for one last go. If you or someone you know works for a vending machine company and you slash they are happy, that's fine. I just made this joke because my bully was not trying to do that. And maybe if he spent less time needlessly picking on people in high school, he would be achieving his dreams instead. But now he's making sure Lay's potato chips fall out properly, I guess. Anyway, back to the podcast. But I, I don't let them, like, consume my entire being. No. And I guess I don't have to, like, constantly see a young kid that looks exactly like him, but... Uh, I don't know. I just I just would have hoped he would have got past it. No, but I also feel like with Snape, I think that when you, you know, when you like get older and you become, you kind of move on and you have your life and stuff and, and you surround yourself with people that you do like and who you get on well with and like positive influences. I just don't feel like Snape really has anyone. He's got Dumbledore and that's it. Well, he had Dumbledore, I guess. <laughs> like Dumbledore is a little... <laughs> yeah. Well, Dumbledore's Dumbledore, you know what I mean? He hasn't really got like anyone his own age that he can go down to the pub with and be like, yo, mate, let's go for a pint. Mm -hmm. boy. Let's talk about school and stuff. Like he just seems a bit of a loner. And therefore I think that, you know, when, when, you, when you don't really have many friends or any like positive influences around you, it's kind of, it probably would be quite hard to to drop the being an asshole. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What everyone was telling me before I read this one is that he still sucks and he's still a jerk, but you can, 
I I understand it. I don't think that what this explains absolves him from his sins. No, I don't think it like justifies all of his actions. It makes things make sense. And and to the point you're making, he doesn't really have anyone positive in his life. So there's no one that could have snapped him out of it. No. So I understand why he is the way he is. I still just can't support the dude. And I'm very confused of why Harry ends up liking him so much that he names his kid's middle name after him. I don't know if he <laughs> learns more good things or if he's able to talk to Snape posthumously or something. But uh, I'll have to see. But for now, that's where we're at. Mm. So before we uh, sign off, is there anything you wanted to say about this or this chapter or anything else? I feel very honored to actually be part of this chapter because for me, it's this turning point in the book yeah. where every, your perception is completely like turned on its right. head and you find out so much stuff which you're like, whoa. So yeah, <laughs> I will just say that I was very nervous about participating in this and my friends and my boyfriend will vouch for this. Like I'm like, I'm just, just so nervous. This is <laughs> such an integral part in the book. Oh my God. So, but no, thank you for of letting me course. participate in, you know, Snape's time to shine. Yeah, no, thank you for joining. <laughs> you did great, so don't worry. Thank you. And yeah, I mean, you're right about this chapter is that the two big takeaways from this chapter is Snape might be better than we thought he was for seven books mm-hmm. and Dumbledore might be worse than we <laughs> thought he is for seven books. Oh yeah, and by the way, Harry's a horcrux. That says <laughs> yeah. a lot about this chapter that the most shocking thing, there's still two very large revelations outside mm-hmm. of, oh yeah, Harry is a horcrux. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a lot that went down and I'm very glad that you were able to be a part of it and I'm glad you joined and it Thank was a very you. fun time. So yeah. thanks so much for joining. If people want to find you on the internet, where can they find you? Well, um, if you type in Helen Anderson on YouTube, I should be <laughs> at the top. And on Instagram and Twitter, I am Helen Anders with a Z. I post like, uh, well, actually, I predominantly fashion and beauty, but I've, but, and a lot of like real life chats. Yeah. It's some good stuff. And very frank as well. You know, I I don't beat around the bush. I just tell shit how it is. That's why I had you on for this episode because I knew that if you were going to be pro Snape, someone was going to keep me in check to be like, if I got too anti Snape in this episode, which I tried not to do, I knew you would stand up and be like, hey, stop. So. Yeah, it's not it's not too late for me to fight to New York and fight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will I will happily accept you and welcome the punch to the face with open arms and we'll grab tea afterward. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that's yeah. That well, Helen, thank you so much for joining listeners. Thank you thank so much you. for listening. And as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, before they before they realize that they're actually a horcrux the whole time. <laughs> A wizard on. Ho-ho, you thought you could quit me, but just like boys to men, editing Mike is back again. And I'm here because this episode ended up being a little short with the way that Helen and I cut this episode. The plan was to make chapter 33 just one episode, but then we talked a lot about Snape, so I decided to break it into two, but this one was a little short, and I felt bad making an episode that was so short. So I kind of wanted to just talk a little bit about Potterless and where it stands and where I stands and some of the stuff in the future. This is a lot of the types of conversations that I have for the director's commentary on Patreon, but I understand that not everyone is in a situation where they can support on Patreon, so I kind of want to bring a little bit of that vibe here to the podcast.
So in case you weren't aware, I'm completely done with the books. I have finished them, all seven books, epilogue, everything, I'm done. I've also seen Cursed Child. Aside from that, I haven't really seen anything else. I saw the first Fantastic Beast movie, nothing past that. So still a whole lot of stuff to discover. As far as recording episodes, I've recorded those for chapter 34 and chapter 35, both in the Multitude Studio, aka the Multitudio, so they will sound really nice and pristine. I'm very excited about that. The final chapter will be with Kelly. There's no better person to have for that last chapter, which will probably take at least two episodes. Knowing Kelly, it could take 12, but she is a big reason why the show started, and it's only fitting to have it tie with a nice little bow tie at the end with her being the final guest for the book section. As I've said before, I'll then go on and do the movies, but before then, I'm going to do a little retrospective thing. I don't want to give it away because I think it's really fun, but it's going to be my version of doing a reread. I'm not going to reread the book because I think that's pretty hacky to turn Potterless into the tale of a grown man reading the Harry Potter series for the second time, but there's going to be a few episodes where I revisit old episodes and things that I missed or things that I messed up or things that my guests had to bite their tongue or things that they let slip out that went completely over my head. I think that will be really fun and I hope you all enjoy it. And if you want to be a part of the conversation and and interact with me on a daily basis, I really do recommend one of the many ways that you can do so. There's the email account. If you just want to send me an email at potterlesspodcast at gmail.com, I am very happy to respond. Usually it takes me a little bit because I get a decent amount, but I'm always going to try to respond to those that come through. There's obviously all the social media that I talk about. The new Discord for patrons has been really fun. And then also the Facebook group is a really good time as well. So it's been fun to be a sport free boy and I don't have to vet memes and stuff by Kelly before looking at them and I can read fan theories and fan fiction. My sister Megan has been getting super into fan fiction so that's been really fun and it'll be exciting to watch the rest of the movies. I'm going to watch movies 7 and 8 this week which will be really cool. Obviously I've already seen Chris Child but now I can move on to do the spin-off books and the Hogwarts library stuff and play the games and do all this other things and and I'm really excited and, and this has just been a really fun journey. I thank all of you so much for being with me on this journey and and I want the next phase to be as fun as this first phase was. I don't want people just to be listening and think, okay, well, he's done with the books. So this has been fun, but I'm over. No, like this is only the beginning and I want to make sure that this next phase is incredibly interactive. I've talked about doing those monthly episodes where people can call in or leave voice memos for fan theories or discussion points and stuff like that. Those will be happening on a regular basis. I want people to have insight for what things I cover next. So, you know, the order of the spinoff books that I should do or which video games and board games are worth covering and and really trying to get listeners involved in the process. Because for so long, for the past almost three years, this podcast has had a very rigid structure of you do a couple chapters, the episodes come out, boom, 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 boom. Now it's a little more in flux, which is exciting and challenging, but I think it's going to be fun because you're not exactly sure what's happening next and there's more flexibility towards what to cover and who's on the show. And I think that's going to be very great. Speaking of who's on the show, now I'm at the point where I'm just going to start tweeting at people that were in the movies and hopefully one of them comes through. So I am very open to suggestions from all of you for what I should cover, who should be on the show. And as I mentioned, any way you want to get in touch with me, social media, email, whatever it is, please reach out. I think it'll be very fun. And and I'm really excited to make this podcast 
even more interactive than it has been. And I think phase two of Potterless is going to be really good and I'm really excited about it. So thank you all so much for listening. Thanks so much for the support, whether it's Patreon support, whether it's listening to the show, whether it's rating it on iTunes, whether it's telling other people about it, whether it's just saying nice things about it on social media, whatever you're doing, simply just listening to this, you're supporting me and I thank you so much. So now this is the true end to the episode of Potterless. So as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter before, they are very humbled by a ton of people listening to their very silly podcast. Wizard on! Hey, we all know Facebook is bad, but you know what is very good? The Potterless Facebook group. With the new moderators that we have from the spoiler group transferring over to the fancy group now that there's no need for a spoiler group, the Potterless Facebook group is firing at all cylinders and it's super fun. If you want to find it, go to facebook.com slash Potterless, check out groups, and come on in. It's very fun. Potterless is created by McShubert. It is hosted by McShubert. It is edited by McShubert. It is produced by McShubert as well as Leanne Davis, Vicky Garcia, Aaron Johnson, Jesse Horgan, Natalie Klobuchar, Klaus Serlopu, Frank Chiotto, Marchismo, Samantha Rose, Juan Sanfelio, Kieran Webb, Med, Rosemary Dodge, Jill Boulay, Maria Lisa C. Keen, Romina Rivadonier, Camille Doc, Russell Dunk, Dustin Roland Cooch, Audra, Eleanor Curlin, Cindy Cawthorn, Billy Hinton, Rossanne Batamana, Nikita Power, Taylor Armstead, Ali Madsen, Amelia Kraus, Sean Montag, Sarah Nink, Ben Silver, Rachel Guthrie, Zachary Polito, Orchid Girl, Vivian the Owl, Takaria Ront, Haley Hastings, Moster, Pinky Pan, Angelina Withrow, Ross Marie Heise, Alex Bisholta, Brian Williams, Caitlin Sullivan, Mosin Siddiqui, Grace Riggles, Raul Pineda, Ingan Odstadter, Mari Wynn, Brian Wingate, Alex Consolver, John Kotker, Jenna Juice, Noel Basilei, Tao, Emily Tyrell, Robin Fernandez, Will Barrington, Liz Bigelow, Mariah Noah, Brandon Pickin, Sarah Claire Spencer, Teal, Rory Collier, Gloria Gillum, Sarah and Patrick Donovan, Alicat29, Hallie Bowen, Veronica Bartova, Kevin Harnoy, Lada Bartova, Noah, Tracy Toya, Carlos Nino, Pam Webb, Colleen, Jennifer Mark, Lou Free, DJ Svensson, Ivor Peterson, Naomi Guglielmo, Tyler Latra, Summer Rathal, Heather Fleischman, Vera Cullitham, Carrie D. Bagason, Andrea Kroc, Elisa Grieven, Lynn Walker, Cameron Watkins, Justin Montero, Christine Saunders, Jacob Parrish, Toothless Walnut, Maya Gray, Mark Body, Polly Burge, Srujan Thanbegupta, Brittany Gutierrez, Ned Atabani, Tumnus Moran, Remy Fontaine, Mats Furley, Sarah Shecker, Nona VM, Zina Rosnowski, Emily Tilly, Colleen Mage, Harlan Haskins, Sheldarp, Noelia, Addy, Brian, Wash and Large, Jenny Campione, Nikki Harris, Kara Hamilton, Dorcas, Courtney Hemwood, Kine Roan, Amanda Alfred, Sabrina, Alicia McLaren, Kafir Shaltiel, Lindy Plackey, Martha Madueno, Benjamin Desmond, Tajinder Chumber, Skymart Six, Sarah Shedder, Peter Vostinak, Yash Patel, Marta Morrison, Stephanie Magnuson, Justine Wade, Erin Richter, CJ Ochoco, Eileen Jesh, Kate L. Dobbs, Violet Sullivan, Hannah Suzanne Gormley, Kat Yowell, Lindsay Towning, Elizabeth Agathon, Fielding Lee, Stephanie Hofford, Keegan Curran, Miranda Manning, Gail Ann, Mr. Folk, Heather McMillan, Adam Bryant, Jesus Aguilar, Christina Welton, Maya, Zachary Davis, Kieran, Ariel Rigdon, Heaven, Callahan Anders, Christy, Lily Leader Williams, Wire Warrior 4976, Georgia, Floor Sake, Ville Donner, Itzel Aime Ayala, Mitch Williams, Alvega, Topher Williams, Peter Wyckoff, Candy Kane, Skylar Lily, Edel Ryan, Professor Threat, Sebastian, Kelsey Blesian, Ellie Hoskovchova, Kelly Elise, Savvy Blue, Jimmy Block, Lena Karen, Daniel Fulkerson, Rebecca Todd, Lily Lee, Elizabeth Christofferson, Abby, Lika Faccio, Michael David, Yordi, Nice Earmuffs Potter, did your mum make them for you, Cara Hoyer, Tiffany Cottrell, Kelly Otilio, Nadia Vangsgard, Andrea, Courtney Teller, Galactic Sparkle Cat, Pablo Ibarra, and Can't I Potter? Web design by Kelly Beckman, and the music is by Bettina Campamanes. If you want to find us on social media, you can go to facebook.com slash potterless, twitter.com slash potterless pod, instagram.com slash potterless podcast, or reddit.com slash r slash potterless. All bonus content lives at patreon.com slash potterless. All information about the show lives at potterlesspodcast.com, and merchandise lives at bit.ly slash merch on. If you want to leave the show a review on iTunes or tell a friend about it, that helps the show out so much. But regardless, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, a wizard on! Hey guys.
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.